I want to take a moment and thank Patriot Mobile for supporting Human Events Daily. Now, whether it's the US, Turning Point, CPAC, or the March for Life, Patriot Mobile are there supporting all of it because they are fully in the trenches with you and me. And that's why I am proud to partner with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider, and I want you to do the same. They offer broad nationwide coverage, and actually they're using the exact same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great nationwide coverage, plus the peace of mind that your money is not being used to support the left. Patriot Mobile, they've got plans that fit any budget, and they're 100% US-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. More importantly, Patriot Mobile shares your values and they support organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, the sanctity of life, and our veterans and first responder heroes. So you go to patriotmobile.com backslash POSO. Use the free activation that you get with promo code POSO. Veterans and first responders, you can save even more money, so make the switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. patriotmobile.com slash POSO, patriotmobile.com backslash POSO. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily. This is your daily briefing powered by Turning Point USA. Today's stories, first up, a Ukrainian official has come out and said that Americans are safer than Kiev than they are in Los Angeles or any American city. He's probably right about that. Next, Biden's family, it's being now reported, received more than $31 million in deals with individuals with direct ties to the Chinese intelligence apparatus. Is anyone surprised? Third, a story that we warned you would be coming if this situation went on months ago here on Human Events Daily. An Afghan refugee has been convicted of sexually assaulting a three-year-old girl at Quantico in Virginia. And then finally, the Supreme Court is adding affirmative action to its potential hit list for next year. Huge story. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Well, we've been talking about this for about two weeks now here on the show, so this should come as no surprise to anyone that President Biden, and now, by the way, we're also hearing Prime Minister Boris Johnson over in the UK, are wagging the dog as hard as possible for war in Ukraine. And, and so understand what they're doing. Prime Minister Boris Johnson, his approval ratings are so low in the UK, he actually has a lower approval rating than President Biden right now. Biden's approval rating is completely in the tank. By the way, President Zelensky over in, the, in uh, Ukraine itself also polling in the 20s, about 20% approval rating. So you got three guys out there deeply, deeply, deeply sunk in the polls. And so what do they say? It's time to wag the dog. They are grabbing hold of that tail and they are wagging that dog as hard as possible. Why? Because they want a confrontation with Putin, with the Russians. They want to be able to say, we stood up to the Russians and they backed down in the face of our unity. They backed down and they wouldn't be able to roll the tanks on Kiev. And that's why we had to evacuate. So they're doing everything they can, right, to exacerbate the situation to make it look as though war is imminent. They want to send troops over. They want to evacuate Americans. Well, here's the problem with that. The nations of the EU are not pulling their diplomats or evacuating anyone from the embassies of Kiev. And we talked about this yesterday. When two dogs are barking, there's a threat. But when one dog's barking and one dog is not, then that means that dog knows something that the other one doesn't. 
But then, and this, this, this headline, I mean, just, just came out and got roasted. Biden administration got completely roasted by a Ukrainian official who came out and gave this statement to BuzzFeed News, of all people, um, gave it anonymously, but it, they say a source close to Zelensky, President Zelensky, slammed Biden for evacuating Ukraine and said, Americans are safer in Kiev than they are in Los Angeles. And after Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, Baltimore, you get the gist of it. There is no imminent threat to Kiev, according to a source close to the Ukrainian president who blasted Joe Biden, President Biden, for recalling U.S. NBC personnel from the country amid potential threats of Russian invasion. The source also took aim at Biden's State Department informing American citizens to leave the country. The fact the U.S. was the first one to announce this is extremely disappointing. Right? He's talking about the crime, the homicide rates in the United States. But we are a laughing stock on the world stage, on the absolute world stage. U.S. citizens should plan accordingly, right? It's, it's ridiculous. It, and here's the other thing, by the way. Why is it exactly that the United States has to send troops over there, but the Germans, the French, the British, right? All of these other countries that are actually in Europe aren't sending troops to Ukraine, aren't sending troops to, the British have sent some, but they're not going to the Baltics. They're not going to Romania, they're not going all over. So somebody actually asked Jen Psaki about this. Can you explain this to us? What, why are we doing this when no one actually in Europe is doing the same thing? Listen to what she said. Um, if Europeans aren't willing to expend uh, blood and treasure on their self-defense, why should Americans be expected to do so? Well, we are continuing to advocate for um, all members to uh, reach uh, the 2% goal. That has been the, the president's position since he was the vice president, um, so for many years now. Uh, I would say that uh, we have a sacred obligation under NATO, uh, and we believe it is also in our interest to support our eastern flank countries uh, and, and their security, and also to be clear about uh, the, uh, the value we have as Americans, which is that no country should be able to take with force um, another country as, as Russia is attempting to do at this point in time. I actually love this clip. I love this answer from Jen Psaki because this is such a cookie cutter, kindergarten-like response. You realize she has no idea what she's talking about when it comes to foreign policy. She just repeated whatever it was that she heard on CNN, hasn't done even a little bit of the research, probably couldn't find Ukraine on a map until about a week ago. She has no idea what she's talking about, right? Remember, NATO is an expressly and explicitly anti-Russia force. They asked a British major once, what's the point of NATO? He said, it's simple. It's to keep the Americans in, the Russians out, and the Germans down. That's always been the point of NATO, and we are getting wag the dog now. Well, Peter Schweitzer is out with a new book on Hunter Biden, on the elites, and on the rise of the CCP. Now, one of the headlines that comes out of this new book is Bombshell, Breitbart.com and the great Emma Jo Morris have written this up. Bombshell, Biden family scored $31 million from deals with individuals with direct ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. The Biden family scored these deals from the Chinese spy apparatus. Multiple financiers, the direct ties, partnered with Hunter Biden during and after his father's time as vice president, including the former head of the Ministry of State Security and the head of foreign intelligence recruitment. And some of those relationships remain intact. 
Schweitzer explains that Beijing saw a financial relationship with the Bidens as an opening for elite capture, which allowed Hunter Biden to secure meetings and score major deals with people in the highest levels of the CCP, and in return would be able to leverage the Bidens' power for their interests. And what's interesting is that he actually goes through, Schweitzer in this new book, goes through various elites and all of their deals, the massive amounts of money that they're getting from the CCP and deals with the CCP. So you got John Boehner, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, LeBron James, Henry Kissinger, former Secretary of State, Bill Gates, former CEO of Microsoft, and none other than Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla, SpaceX, who just, by the way, opened up his new showroom, where? In Xinjiang province, right where the Uyghurs are being held in concentration camps. This is one of the most damning books that I've seen in terms of all of this. But honestly, if you've been paying attention to The War Room, Human Events Daily, The National Pulse, you've heard these reports because we've been digging through the Hunter Biden laptop for years now, a year and a half since we first obtained it and we're presenting the information now to you. Well, uh, President Biden on the coronavirus, uh, we're uh, tragically approaching nearly 1 million Americans who died. Um, and I'd like to ask you um, why it is during your three and a half hour virtual summit in November with the Chinese president, you didn't press for transparency and also whether that has anything to do with your son's involvement in an investment firm controlled by Chinese state-owned entities. The answer is that we did, I did raise the question of transparency. I spent a lot of time with him. And he, uh, the fact is that they're just not, they're just not being transparent. Transparency on the coronavirus origins. Yes. And it, you did during yeah. the virtual summit. Is there a reason your press staff was unaware of that? And what did you say to well, the Chinese president? And they weren't with me the, whole, the entire time. Look, I made it clear that I thought that China had an obligation to be more forthcoming on exactly what the source of the virus was and where it came from. But you know, I'm actually going to disagree with Peter Schweitzer just a little bit here because I have some insight onto this that not everybody has. I was working in Shanghai years and years ago when a lot of this stuff, not with you know, specifically the Biden family, but just Americans and politicians, American business leaders and politicians were coming over to Shanghai, signing those deals, getting this business done and seeing how the system in China worked. And so understand, this isn't elite capture. That specific phrase, I think, actually has to be updated because I realized that's not the situation that we see going on here. This isn't capture. This is merger. These are deals that are being made at the highest level, highest levels of our politicians, the highest levels of the CCP. They are bought off the same way that they were bought off by Ukrainian oligarchs with Burisma, Burisma, of course, also funding the Atlantic Council. Victor Pinchuk, as Ukrainian oligarch, was funding the Atlantic Council, right? Our highest think tanks, our elites are bought off and paid off. This isn't, by the way, though, some kind of nefarious capture operation by CCP intelligence. No, it's a merger. It's a willing merger, right? This is M&A. This is M&A. They saw, and I, I, I was sitting there in Shanghai when they would, these delegations, congressional delegations, governors, uh, U.S. officials, this is under the Bush administration, by the way, would come in and they would see the planning committee in Shanghai. They would understand how the way the system worked there, the authoritarianism, 
And they said, wait a minute, you can just do whatever you want. You can make your plan, you can build your high-speed rail, and if people are in the way, you just get rid of them. If people are living there in residence, if they have historic households, knock them down, smash them, build Disney World in Shanghai, and they did that. If you want to build a pipeline and a railroad from China to Pakistan so that you can get oil from Iran, but these people called the Uyghurs are in your way, lock them up in camps. Who cares, right? This is the CCP mindset. And so you're now starting to hear that exact same mindset coming from US elites. You just saw that with the co-owner of the Warriors who said, I don't care about the Uyghurs. And of course he doesn't. He's one of the people who's coming out and saying the quiet part out loud. Ray Dalio, right? Ray Dalio of Bridgewater Group comes out and says, the US is in decline and China is on the rise. Well, who did that? This was being done by them. This was elite merger. This is the goal. The goal was this international globalist system that they have created to enrich themselves on the backs of you and your family. Extremely vetted. Every single person was checked. We knew exactly who we brought in during the fall of Kabul and the massive transfer of Afghan refugees from Afghanistan to the United States. Well, we, we knew that no problems were gonna arise if you just shoved people on planes and brought them over. Here in Human Events Daily, we talked about the Bachabazi boys. We talked about what was going on and the types of people that the United States would partner with during the war in Afghanistan, during that conflict. And I said specifically that horrible things were coming our way because we were not vetting anyone properly. And now the headline today. An Afghan refugee has been convicted of sexually assaulting a three-year-old girl at Quantico. I want to take you back to just a few months ago, September of 2021, myself on this program, warning that this very thing would happen. You said they were extremely vetted. We all knew it was a lie. We knew it was a lie at the time. We told you that this was going to happen. We told you that people were going to slip through the cracks, that people were going to be coming to this country, posing as refugees, posing as people in need, and yet would come to this country and exploit us, exploit our open door policy, exploit our good feelings, exploit our nature, in order to come here and now commit acts like this. So here are the details. A federal jury has convicted an Afghan refugee of sexually assaulting a three-year-old girl at Quantico Marine Corps Base where he was housed. Tariq was arrested in September at Camp Umshar in Quantico after Marines observed him fondling a little girl who was not related to him. According to court papers, Tariq tried to explain through interpreters that his conduct was acceptable in his culture. Tariq was brought to Virginia after working alongside U.S. troops in Afghanistan and is scheduled for sentencing later in April. So we were working with a pedophile, and then we brought that pedophile to the United States where he could prey on three-year-old girls. Isn't that wonderful? This is your United States government. Mohammed Tariq, 24 years old, um, United States Marines observed the defendant inappropriately touching the victim over her clothing on her chest, genitals, and buttocks. The victim and Tariq were unrelated. However, they had been recently evacuated from uh, from Afghanistan together. The case was brought under Project Safehood, uh, the task force, etc. Here, look, here's the situation, folks. This was brought up and charged because several Marines saw what was going on 
He did this in full view of Marines. He knew they were there. If, he could, if they could see him, he could see them. So if that's going on, and it takes that long to get a conviction on this, and, and thank God they actually charged it, how many more of these are going on in these camps, in these refugee camps, that weren't observed by Marines or were observed by people who were told to look the other way, the exact same way that our troops were told to look the other way when the Bachabazi boys were conducting these things, were doing this stuff in Afghanistan during the war effort there for 20 years. Understand, I want you to understand, look, I know this is horrific. This is disgusting. I wish I didn't have to talk about this stuff. I want to take a shower and pray after talking about this because it's so disgusting. But then I remember that God's justice will come on the United States, on our country, and will come on all of us. And so the question then becomes, do you take a stand against this or do you just go along with it and look the other way and allow it to continue, enable it? And that's why I've always been outspoken on this. The exploitation of children and people like President Biden and our US military chain of command at the Pentagon and the highest levels of the State Department, like Secretary Tony Blinken, this is on you. This is on all of you for enabling this, for partnering with people like this, for giving him a free first class one way ticket to the United States of America, to a pedophile and allowing him to do this on a US base. This girl is now gonna be scarred for life, traumatized for life because of this. So great job, well done. Extreme vetting, remember, everyone's gonna be vetted. Jen Psaki the other day was saying that Kabul was a success. I can't even get the words out. Tell the parents of this girl that it was a success, Jen Psaki. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for supporting us, for supporting Human Events Daily, the work that we do. You want to continue to support us. And by the way, support yourself, support Patriots. You go to MyPillow.com, use promo code POSA. We know those winter storms are going to be hitting. So go there. You get the new bedding. You get the new sheets. You want to snuggle up because this winter has been crazy so far here in the East Coast, here in Washington, D.C. We've got the Saskatchewan Screamer coming down. We've got the uh, winter cyclone. Uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the winter bomb, bomb cyclones that are coming. Protect your family, protect yourself. The slippers, the blankets, the sheets, bundle yourselves up. Don't wait until it happens. You go now, get ready. Promo code POSO at MyPillow.com. This next story, by the way, though, absolutely amazing. I wanted to end on a positive note today because the Supreme Court has finally stated that under a conservative majority, they are going to be bringing up affirmative action on its potential, and I love how NPR phrases it, hit list for 2023. Take a look at this clip. Remember what we're dealing with. Here's my guess. If you just admitted the kids who were the strongest students, Harvard would be 50 or 60% Asian. If they just did it straight up by academic uh, performance, there wouldn't be enough room for the sons and daughters of alumni. Applicants in my school, which can literally buy their way into whatever university they want, um, or even just using the legacy system because they have generations upon generations of legacy um, etched into these um, these top schools. 
I think getting rid of affirmative action would lead to a pathway to getting rid of legacy. Let's be realistic because 50% are legacy or children of donors, children of professors. Now we understand what affirmative action is, right? Originally it was race-based emissions for higher education, for colleges. But then of course that was struck down and they said, well, it's gonna be a holistic approach, a holistic approach to evaluating students for colleges. But cut the crap. We know that it's been race-based and it's been race-based for this entire time. So if we're gonna be a colorblind society or all the things that they claim we're going to be, how can you have race-based emission for colleges from NPR? The Supreme Court said Monday it will revisit the question of affirmative action in higher education, deciding to hear challenges, uh, cases challenging the use of race of one, as one factor in admissions at Harvard University and UNC, the University of North Carolina. The court will decide on these cases and re-examine 43 years of precedent. By the way, 43 years, that's not that long. That's really not that long. Obviously, every single member of the court is older than these 43 years of precedent. And then, you, you know, so you listen to, you know, and the way NPR frames this, 43 years of precedent. Oh, how dare we overthrow 43 years? I mean, this is, uh, you know, 43 years, it's really not that long in the grand scheme of things, right? Both cases were filed the same day back in 2014 by the conservative activist group Students for Fair Admissions. The suits claimed that Harvard and UNC impermissibly used race in their admissions process and discriminated against Asian Americans. Starting in 1978, the Supreme Court has upheld the constitutionality of affirmative action programs three times. Here's the problem. It's unconstitutional. Get rid of it. Go back. We should be completely blind. If we are going to have a meritocracy, if we're gonna restore the primacy of the United States, the greatness of the United States, whatever you wanna call it, we need to restore merit and achievement. There has been a war on achievement going on in the West for a generation now, and it's time to end that. If you are a high achiever, then you should be rewarded for your achievement, period. Regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of the gender, you should be rewarded for that achievement. And that's it for us here today, Human Events Daily from Washington, D.C., ensconced in the occupied regime capital of the country, right? It's like Hunger Games, and they had capital TV, right? Pat him today, pat him tomorrow, pat him forever. But remember, our motto to you is that we will always tell the truth, we will dig up the receipts, and we will do it faster and better than anybody else out there. Our motto, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework, share this out with one of your normie friends, and leave us a review, five stars on wherever you're getting this podcast. Before we go, and I want you to be the influence agent, today's moment of history, January 27th, 1973, the Paris Peace Accords. Nixon negotiations brought about the end of the Vietnam War. We can be a country that chooses peace, or we can be a country that chooses war. Which country do you want to be in? Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.